So we're changing our order of service a bit this Sunday to talk about part of our covenant. We say every Sunday, love is the spirit of this church and service its law. And service is what I want to highlight. We name service as a law, not in the gotcha sense of a law to make people conform but law in that generous sense that it's a foundation of our being together. When we work together, we create lasting bonds. We accomplish more. Or let me say, we create something entirely different when we are in service to each other and to the world at large. We get glimpses of wholeness, as the Reverend Sinkford calls the church working together. So I want to talk about service today, because I have a bird's eye view of this church as a relative newcomer, and also as your minister. And from this position, I see ask, and ye shall receive, to be very much alive in this church. I am constantly floored by the depth of commitments people make to the church and to the works of the church. I was hired a year ago, in August, in the middle of that searing Oklahoma heat and drought that August always brings. And one of the clear early images I have of this church, because where my office is located, is a rotating group of volunteers coming each morning to drag hoses around to water all the water beds and the flower pots. The beauty of our hill is a collaboration between nature and human action. But forever burned in my memory is spry 81-year-old Alice Van Warmer carrying two five-gallon jugs of water to keep plants alive beyond the reach of the hoses. So my image of her brought up and recalls all those pictures and stories I have in my head from men and women in cultures around the world carrying heavy loads as part of their daily life for survival. But Alice and other church members are doing this work for beauty, for the pleasure of others, and for the joy for themselves. As a service for all to the church. I'm stepping in treacherous waters talking about service. While it's an uplifting topic, it has hidden landmines in its terrain. One problem is it's impossible to name every person who provides service. Someone will feel left out. Neglect and discrimination are not my intent. I make my apologies in advance. At the same time, the fact that Maggie Scott our administrator and I couldn't name every single volunteer and every single volunteer task 
speaks to how every member, how many members work behind the scenes and serve in quiet, unseen ways. The second problem with service as a sermon topic is a lurking sense of guilt. Some of you may be thinking, well, I work during the day and I can't help water. Or I have children at home and getting meals, naps, play dates, and taking a shower uh, is difficult enough. Or I know nothing about plants. It's not my thing. I'd kill them all. So my tent is not to produce shame. We are not a community built on fear or guilt. But merely notice your response when others' works is praised. A third problem is defining service too narrowly. Carrying needed water is obvious, as is serving on a board or a committee, making sure we have HVAC. But I want to broaden our definition of service to explode its meaning, to encompass many unspoken, less obvious ways we serve and are served by others. Often, and Janet alluded to it, service to a church is divided into the alliteration time, talent, treasure. So with these three categories in mind, I have three short readings and short homilies to help us explore service is our law. We'll begin talking about giving time as service by asking current board members to stand, if you're able. Stay standing if you don't mind, or if you prefer, raise your hand. This year, this group has agreed to donate their time to work together, seeing the church is financially stable, that a minister is hired, and to look down the road into the future. Some years, this work is demanding, difficult. Other years, it's refreshing and inspiring. No matter which, I hope it always affirms your own beliefs, allowing you to create deeper relationships with fellow church members. Now, I would like everyone who has ever served on Hope's board to stand. Or raise your hand. (laughs) These people laid the groundwork over the decades for the year's board. Each person standing is uh, carrying five metaphorical gallon jugs of water with each phone call, email, letter, conversation, push back, step back, research, and every meeting. And the board oversees committees, task forces, events. In your order of service, I hope you noticed, is a working list of the board and of these committees. If you chair or serve on one of these committees this year, join those standing as you are able. 
These volunteers oversee programs, create fellowship, support worship, keep our buildings and grounds, teach our children, raise money, provide incredible pastoral care, reach out into our city to improve the lives of thousands. And with their five-gallon jugs of enthusiasm and sense of justice and creativity, they could easily fill an Oklahoma lake with water. So if you turn over your insert, you'll see an incomplete list of behind-the-scenes and unofficial ways people give time to the church. I want everyone who sees themselves in these tasks to stand. Your time makes this church a welcoming, beautiful, thoughtful, worshipful place. Oh yeah, choir, if you all aren't standing. (laughs) Now, some visitors and others may not be standing, but I want you to stand as well. Because, thank you, by coming today, you're giving your time. Our presence, that simple act of showing up, can be one of the most difficult gifts for us to acknowledge. Coming to church today is a gift of your gracious time. Look around all who've gathered here today, and I say we deserve applause. You may be seated. It's so easy to dismiss attending and coming to church is valuable. I've heard people say, well, I do it for myself. Or I just bring my daughter. I don't come every Sunday, so it doesn't count. Let me reframe the value of coming to church. A mystery of worship is we cannot fully know what our presence means to others. Sometimes the simplest greeting or listening to another's story, even though you may have heard it five times, (laughs) gets hold of us and changes us. The time we give and share together has to accumulate and build. Change can seem slow and glacial. It takes time to develop relationships to open up our inner hidden selves to others. In our hymnal is an excerpt of Marge Piercy's poem, The Seven of Pentacles, and it begins, Connections are made slowly. Sometimes they grow underground. You cannot always tell by looking what is happening. More than half the tree is spread out in the soil under your feet. Many who leave the church or come irregularly are impatient and want things to change now. But if you stay around long enough, lug enough five-gallon jugs, make connections slowly, I promise you will be changed and others will be changed in turn. 
So for this second little homilette, um, I want to talk about treasure. And you often, during a church stewardship or capital campaign, you'll often hear treasure defined as money. Our relationship with our funds, how we save it or how we don't, how we use it, whether wisely or foolishly, mirrors our relationships to life, to power, control, delight, shame, generosity, envy, greed, struggle, fear, and self-worth. Our use of money is an expression of our connections, our values, and ourselves. I consider a budget a sacred contract. Budgets reveal our priorities and values. And because our financial lives intersect with our religious and community lives, a thoughtful church can be a place to develop a spiritually healthy understanding of earning and spending and giving and investing, grounded in our deepest values. We can create positive change in ourselves and in our congregation, in our outreach, social justice groups, in the world. I am Unitarian Universalist in part because our commitment to financial transparency. Our church budgets are not dictated by a religious entity beyond the congregation, not by any national office, nor hierarchical church governing body. The church, the congregation, Hope Church, sets its own budget, discusses it in committees and in board meetings, then ultimately every member votes on it during an annual meeting. We publish our annual budget you can find out exactly what salary and benefits I earn, how much we pay in utilities, spend on social justice. And when you look at that map, discern our deepest values. As a congregation, we require ourselves to examine and work with this sacred contract year in and year out becoming a member of HOPE by signing our membership book and making a minimal family contribution of $10 a month is how we ask you to take this communal fiscal work very seriously. Joining the church is not the same thing as writing a check to the Wounded Warrior Project or American Red Cross. Nor is joining the church like a poll tax that allows you to vote. Joining the church each year is more than sharing your treasure. It is a commitment to being in covenant with those around you, to participating in the decisions of the church. This is where we get to practice disagreeing civilly. And to attending, saying, yes, this church needs to exist and be welcoming because we have important work to do. We need one another when we work to accomplish some great purpose and cannot do it alone. 
renewing your membership and paying your pledge should feel good. Maya Angelou once said, I've found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. I know what she means. I feel larger when I've contributed money. Our congregation knows this joy well because we give away our Sunday morning collection every Sunday to vital charities, local ones. And that's what we'll do right now. May your soul feel liberated and your spirit enlarged as we make our contribution to... Everything is sacred here. (laughs) Door closers included. So churches have always been educational institutions. I want to talk about talent. Some of the church teachings are overt, as in sermons, or in classes, or in writings. Other teachings are less obvious, are part of the process of becoming community. As one wise religious educator said, the church is the curriculum. We learn from our interactions. We learn from our successes. We learn from our mistakes. We grow from what is said as well as from what is left unsaid. The church can nurture talents. It polishes existing ones while being the place to try out new ones. For example, our church is fueled in a large part by coffee and by meetings. Okay, cookies, okay. (laughs) You know, a meeting may seem like a mundane event, but it's a crucible for human relations, for developing leadership skills, for learning how to disagree with respect, and love. A simple gathering provides the opportunity to practice that very basic art of conversation. When to step in with your idea and when to step back and listen. It is the place to recognize each one of us does not hold all the answers or even the best answer. A meeting is an opportunity to practice humility and to assist others in locating their humility. (laughs) With grace. Historically, these seemingly endless meetings have served as essential flashpoints for social change. And I'm not merely talking about new ideas or ways of seeing the world that have come out of meetings, but the development of human potential by attending and leading church meetings, oppressed peoples have honed their organizational skills, allowing radical social change. Many of the leaders of the anti-slavery, suffragette, civil rights, sanctuary, education, and prison reform movements. And I've lost, um, anyway, learned how to lead. Let me go back. Prison reform movements have learned how to lead, how to print a flyer, 
how to spread the word, how to persuade from church meetings. Our meetings are like door closers, necessary, useful tools. They may seem ordinary, but they are critical in developing our humanity. And worship is such a meeting. Here and now we are developing the talents of musicians, choir, Chris. Joseph, I think you're fully formed. (laughs) In the music department. We'll talk later. (laughs) We're exchanging ideas in worship. We're learning to listen. And we are practicing hospitality. We're amplifying our talents. We're creating a place together to hold and get hold of people just like us and change them for the better. 